This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Weekend Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. Ontario grandparents may finally get legal rights to see their grandchildren. It's the seventh time this type of legislation has been on the table, and it's about to receive third reading at Queen's Park. We'll talk with one of the alienated grandparents who helped get the bill through the legislature. And... As the calendar turns over to December, we turn our thoughts to the holidays, which can be a challenge for caregivers. We'll speak with Nira Rittenberg, an occupational therapist at Baycrest Health Sciences, about some strategies to avoid the pitfalls. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. It's a novel way to get older drivers to turn in their keys. Zoomers in Japan are being offered a permanent discount on ramen noodles if they give up their driving licenses. A deal was struck between local police and a popular restaurant chain in the Aichi Prefecture that would see seniors get 15% off their bill if they give up the right to drive. Police all over Japan are offering a host of different benefits to Zoomers who do the same because they're seeing a rise in accidents involving seniors. Toronto's Francis Deacon has been honoured by the province with a medal for good citizenship. The 93-year-old Deacon has been volunteering for more than 80 years and helped set up such organisations as the Christian Resource Centre and the Toronto Community Foundation. Deacon has also been an avid supporter and volunteer with an out-of-the-cold program to help homeless people. The world's oldest person turned 117 this week. Emma Morano celebrated by blowing out all of the candles on her birthday cake, surrounded by family and friends at her home in Italy. She received a greeting from Italian President Sergio Mattarella, read out by a spokesperson. Morano is believed to be the only person still alive who was born in the 1800s. The oldest person on record was Jean Calment, who lived to be 122 and died in 1997. The second man to walk on the moon is in stable condition after being medically evacuated from the South Pole. 86-year-old Buzz Aldrin was in the Antarctic on a tourist trip when he became winded and his condition deteriorated. The South Pole is 10,000 feet above sea level, so authorities report many feel the effects of the thin air. The former Apollo astronaut had been tweeting all week about his trip and how excited he was to get there. The man who created the best-known fast-food sandwich in the world 
has died. Jim Delegati invented McDonald's signature Big Mac in 1967 after deciding customers wanted a bigger sandwich. The corporation initially resisted, but demand exploded as Delegati's sandwich spread to the rest of his 47 stores in Pennsylvania and was added to the chain's national menu in 1968. Since then, McDonald's has sold billions of Big Macs, roughly 17 a second in more than 100 countries. Delegati never received payment or royalties for coming up with the idea. His son says he ate at least one 540-calorie Big Mac a week. Jim Delegati was 98. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Did you know that tens of thousands of Ontario grandparents have been cut off from seeing their grandkids because of divorce or custody battles or disputes with their own children? And they have no legal recourse. That may be about to change. A bill that would help grandparents get access to their grandchildren is about to get third reading at Queen's Park. It's the seventh time this type of law has been before the legislature. The six previous bills got through second reading only to die in committee. NDP MPP Mike Mantha is the one who has put forward this private member's bill, but it's people like Wanda Davies from the group Alienated Grandparents Anonymous who have made it possible. I have two granddaughters, nine and four years old. I haven't seen them for over two years. Your son and daughter-in-law cut off your access to the grandkids. Can you just give us an idea why what happened? Well, Libby, unfortunately, I can't because I've never discovered exactly what the issue has been. I was one of the grandparents who actually, um, you know, pursued legal proceedings to see if I could get access to my grandchildren that way. And very, very unsuccessful. That was the beginning of the year. And that's when I decided, well, uh, the judge said to me, uh, lady, if you think you're going to get access or visitation or whatever to your grandchildren, I need to let you know that you have a long row to hoe. The law is black and white. There are no rights for grandparents. Now I'd like you to leave my court. So that's when I decided to change the law. <laughs> okay. How often did you see your grandchildren before this happened? I wasn't one of those grandmothers who looked after them every day. It was more the quality of the relationship that I had uh, with the girls. Um, I would see them every second weekend type of thing. So, and quite often sleepovers, that type of thing. And what I liked to really shower them with was activities that would help them grow and develop the science center, going to plays, that type of thing. Uh, you know, just going down to the beach and playing in the playground with the other children. So those are the types of activities that we really enjoyed doing together. In this province, how many people, how many children and grandparents are affected by not being allowed to see each other? We don't have an exact number, Libby, because there are many, many grandparents who are too embarrassed and ashamed, and they just don't know how to to articulate the grief that they're going through. Uh, so there is an estimate, and they are estimating it's about 100,000 grandparents and, and around 300,000 grandchildren who are in this situation. The psychologists uh, refer to the condition that we're in is complex grief, grief that never closes. Does it hurt tremendously? Um, it is the worst thing that I've ever experienced in my life. But what is my grandchildren going through? What have they been told about where did Abuela go? 
um, does Boylan not love me anymore? Like, uh, how scarred are my grandchildren becoming through this? It's just, it wakes me up at night. It really does let me. And, and so that's why we are really adamant that this is our children's, our grandchildren's rights that we are fighting for. This is the seventh time that a bill like this has come to Queen's Park. Why yes. is it so problematic? We can't really seem to get to the bottom of that either. Grandparents have visitation rights in Quebec and five other provinces and the Yukon. That's correct, yes. And our our argument is why are Ontario grandchildren not worth the same privilege as, you know, children in these other six provinces and territory? The only difference that I can see is it was an emotional plea for grandparents' rights. This time, and justly so and rightly so, and I don't know why this has not occurred to anyone before, but this is about our grandchildren. This is not about us. And in the meantime, you've had very good news. In the last couple of weeks, there has been contact from my son and daughter-in-law after two years. And they have asked me, um, they said they would like to go forward and work together to put our family back together. But they did not want to review the past. They did not want to discuss any issues. Okay. Um, That's wonderful news. It is, and thank you so much. It's just the best Christmas present I could ever, ever imagine. And I want to bring this news to many other grandparents and grandchildren in this province, and I just can't think of a better piece of news to give them than you're going to see each other again. Okay. Thank you so much, and uh, best of luck. Thank you so much, Libby. And happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to you, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Wanda Davies from the group Alienated Grandparents Anonymous. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up after the break, we'll talk about how caregivers can hope with the holidays when we return. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Public spaces all around are adorned with tinsel and bright flashing lights, and there's no doubt the holidays have arrived. And while it's the season for love and good cheer, there are special challenges for Canada's 8 million family caregivers and the loved ones they look after. But there are ways to manage the holidays. Nira Rittenberg is an occupational therapist from Baycrest Health Sciences. What advice do you have for people who are caregivers, whether they have somebody with dementia or whether they have somebody who's suffering from a chronic disease? So we know the holidays are a stressful time and you have to take inventory first of where you are starting at because if you don't know where you're at to start with, you don't know where you want to go. Um, If you're already stressed out, then we need to backtrack If you're going to get stressed out, then you need to have a plan. Okay. So uh, the the first thing I suggest is if you're already stressed out, look at what the stressors are and what are the things that you could do about it. So if caregiving for mom is the issue, how can you change it up? Um, Maybe you need to change the location of the dinner, the timing of what you're doing. Maybe you need to buy less gifts this year and have a draw of who's going to take care of things. You need to actually look at the practical steps that you can do to minimize because 
the stress is going to increase and your risk factors are going to go up. Okay. We know that social isolation is a big danger for caregivers as well as the people they're taking care of. So do you recommend you know, trying to have a full schedule for the holidays, pulling back. So again, you need to look at what the person's capable of. If you're looking at as a caregiver who you're caregiving for, we try to do things the way we've always done them. And that doesn't always really work that well because as a parent or somebody you're caring for ages or their condition changes, you may not be able to do the same thing as you always did. They may be able to tolerate less or you may be able to tolerate less. So you need to be honest with yourself is the first step. And shrinking back doesn't mean you're not doing a good job necessarily. Less sometimes is more. A short visit is better than a long visit where things explode and go all over the place. So I, I really think that the, that evaluation part is really important. What about people with dementia in social mm-hmm. situations? Do they get stressed out? Is Do you have to limit the number of people? So with dementia, it depends what stage of the dementia they're in. And I think that's, again, something to reevaluate. If you see them as somebody who has difficulty, most people with dementia have difficulty with more people around, noise level, a lot of stimulation, children. Um, There may be unfamiliar faces, guests from out of town that they no longer can recognize. So limiting and um, having less is usually better. And sometimes, you know, you may have more than one event and an event that mom or dad can participate in and one that the larger group does. And not everybody has to be at everything. What about limiting the time? Is there kind of a time limit? Well, to do that, you need to know the signs and symptoms of what your relative is up to. And some people, the signs are very obvious. As they get agitated, they start pacing, they get uh, irritable, they may leave the table, they may walk around. So you may know that from other occasions already. So if you know what's going to set them off and you've seen it happen, you plan to not get to that point. That's the first rule. If you don't know what's going to set them off, then you need to know what uh, what they're capable of. And if they're not capable of a whole lot more than an hour lunch with you during the week normally, and at that point they're tired and they are no longer listening to you, then that's your time limit for how long your holiday gathering is. It's no more than that. And it may mean, you know, bringing over Christmas cookies and having a cup of tea in their living room or bringing them for only part of the event and then having them go home and rest. That's another totally acceptable you know, idea. Have them go home and rest and say you'll pick them up again later. Even with planning, do you find that the holidays can trigger a worsening situation? They do because we probably don't listen to ourselves and don't listen to the other person because our deep desires for everything to stay the same of the nice, pretty holiday that we envision in our head. And although not that many people actually have that perfect holiday, uh, we want it to look like that. And people push up against uh, what they know they better they should be doing as to what that you know magazine look is that they want. Okay. Any further advice for us? I think as a caregiver, if you know you're prone to depression or this is a tough time of year, which a lot of people, it is tough for them, independent of caregiving, then also take care of yourself and put aside that time. And 
have somebody else look out for you. So if you trust your best friend or your husband or your partner, whoever it is, then have them kind of look at the warning signs. Maybe you're the one who's getting irritable, not sleeping well, not eating well. Maybe you need to go to the gym every day and do a little less. Um, So have somebody else be your spotter so that you don't get into trouble because a lot of people get in trouble over the holidays. Okay. Nira Rittenberg, thanks so much. Thank you. That was Nira Rittenberg from Baycrest Health Sciences on how caregivers can manage the holidays with their loved ones. I'm Libby Snymer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. In a moment, the 89th anniversary of Andy Williams' birth. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Weekend Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for your international art state book tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. The Robert De Niro-directed musical version of A Bronx Tale has opened on Broadway. It's Chaz Palminteri's solo show about a kid who gets drawn into the world of the mob. I was always right. I wouldn't have done 10 years in the joint. What did you do every day? There's only three things you can do in a joint, kid. Lift weights, play cards, or get into trouble. A Bronx Tale is at the Long Acre Theater. The Israeli Opera Company has opened its season in Tel Aviv with Bellini's Norma. It's the tale of a passionate love triangle set during the Roman occupation of Gaul in 50 B.C. In London, the English National Ballet is taking the lead from the National Ballet of Canada in staging an audience participation version of The Nutcracker. The show is staged in a custom-built venue at Canary Wharf and invites the audience to participate by walking through the action and even talking to the performers. And the Czech Republic's new Archeo Park Museum, located near the Austrian border, joins modern architecture with ancient archaeological finds and appears to spring from the ground, just like the precious archaeological treasures on display. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Date Book. It's that time of year. We're playing the greatest hits of the holidays here on Zoomer Radio. And one of the most iconic and upbeat holiday hits comes from Andy Williams, who was born on December the 3rd, 1927. He's best remembered for two things, singing the hit song Moon River and his annual Christmas television specials and the albums that went with them. That earned him the nickname Mr. Christmas. In 1963, he was the first artist to record this song, written by Edward Pola and George Weil. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time. That was Andy Williams with It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. He was born on December 3rd, 1927. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Snymer. Produced by Dave Woodard, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowy. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. 
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.